If there's one thing Sex in the City is known for, it's the show-stopping fashion. From the signature Manolo Blahniks that gave us a new way to talk to our kicks, to the fabulous yet impractical dresses, Sex in the City was all about fashion as a tool for empowerment and self-expression. And the show, while having its emotional moments, was largely a frothy, feel-good romp through Manhattan. The show's reboot, and just like that, initially took a decidedly more somber tone with its first season, set in the wake of the pandemic. In the very first episode, Carrie's on-again, off-again boyfriend-turned-devoted husband, Mr. Big, dies suddenly after a heart attack on a Peloton. And just like that, Big died. As the season progressed, Carrie moved through a transition period of grief and heartbreak towards something more hopeful. If there is anything I've learned from my recent loss, it's that you will laugh again, especially, especially if you have one or two good friends in your corner. And in its second season, which has just begun on Max, Carrie's treading water and just surviving gives way to a version of joy. And the show seems to finally be putting fashion back in the front seat, intentionally using it as an important part of the storytelling, instead of just treating it as an afterthought. Here's our take on how the fashion of the first episodes of season two of Then Just Like That reflects the characters' emotional journeys, including Carrie getting her groove back. The first episode of And Just Like That's second season centers around Carrie, Charlotte, Lisa Todd Wexley, and Seema, all gearing up to attend fashion's biggest night, the Met Ball. What or who each character is wearing is reflective of their status as rich and fabulous ladies. You're wearing that young new designer, LTWs in custom Valentino, so I'm sure Charlotte will bring it. But the outfits are also indicative of the sacrifices the characters are willing to make to get the look of their dreams. Charlotte and LTW both believe beauty is pain. Charlotte enlists the help of both children to tighten her dress. Tighter, baby. <laughs> It won't go any tighter. It has to. We've got to work on your upper body strength. And Lisa Todd Wexley basically walked down Park Avenue blindfolded for 10 blocks to get to the event. Can you see in that thing? Who needs to see? These characters are willing to do anything for the most important night in fashion, which does feel on par with some of the impractical yet fabulous outfits we saw in the original series. But it's Carrie whose gown is the most emotional of the three. The designer of Carrie's original edgy gown was only able to finish the cape before coming down with a stomach flu, leaving Carrie in a rush to hunt down a Met-worthy dress in time for the event. Dude, that's too small. I know that, bitch. Um. Now what? After some deliberation, she lands on a solution. Her old Vivian Westwood wedding dress from her failed first wedding to Mr. Big. You know, where he left her at the altar? By choosing to re-wear the dress, she reclaims her past and turns it into a positive part of her present. And just like that, I repurposed my pain. And this recalls the Carrie of the original show, who had such a deep connection to fashion, and for whom clothes were a symbol not just of beauty, but of who she was and the story she wanted to tell the world about herself. The original show also occasionally used the rewearing of particularly iconic outfits and accessories to highlight Carrie's change over time. So the reemergence of the wedding dress, in a way, feels like a return to form. Clothing can also be a symbolic rejection of identity. Che Diaz, Miranda's new partner, rejects the outfit the costume department picked out for their new television pilot. Hey! 
America, I'm non-binary. <laughs> Uncomfortable with the flashy, overconfident, and cartoonish way the show seems to want to portray them, it's Che's big break, and they want to bring all of their nuances to the screen. But Che is worried about looking foolish or that their identity is being reduced to something that feels like a parody. On the flip side, what Miranda's not wearing in the bedroom causes a similar rift. When she's uncomfortable wearing a on. I mean, is, is this a one or a cat toy? It's Che who makes fun of her. Since this is Miranda's first queer relationship, she's unsure of what to do and how this new strappy step affects her self-perception. Her reluctance to put on the on may be symbolic of her worrying about how to take the next step in her relationship. On the other side of the country, the Todd Wexlers and the York Goldenblatts are piecing together how appearances make them feel about themselves. When Lisa's mother-in-law Eunice visits, her high expectations send Lisa and her husband into a tailspin. Eunice wants everything to look just so, and they spend 20 minutes turning their daughter's natural hair into tight braids. It's 3.40, my mother arrives in 20 minutes, and. Gabby can't greet her with that hair. Even though Lisa protests, wanting her daughter to go natural, it's her fear of her mother-in-law that makes her change Gabby's look. And of course, Eunice praises Lisa's daughter while throwing shade at Lisa's outfit. Gabrielle, you look perfect. <laughs> I see you just returned from your matinee performance in The Lion King. Talk about Catty. Lisa feels trapped by Eunice's expectations, feeling like she's never good enough for her. And neither Lisa nor her daughter can express their true identity around her. In another Upper East Side mansion, Charlotte's daughter, Lily, desperately wants an electric keyboard. So she sells a boatload of her expensive clothes to pay for it, including her piano recital dress by Chanel. Well, you said to get it myself, so I called the real deal and they came over and went through my closet. Wait. The real real was here? No, 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 the real deal is way better. Oh my God. Charlotte feels like Lily is growing up and leaving her identity behind, the one her mother worked so hard on developing. First the Chanel and then the Chopin. I just feel like she's rejecting everything I ever gave her. And while Charlotte admits that Lily can't even fit into the dress, she's still hurt by her daughter giving up Charlotte's perception of her to be, as Anthony called her, Lily Eilish. Sex in the City was not supposed to be a documentary on financial advice and frugal living. I spent $40,000 on shoes and I have no place to live? I will literally be the old woman who lived in her shoes. It sold its viewers a fantasy of New York, where if your emotionally distant not-boyfriend doesn't call you back, a great pair of $500 shoes could fix all your troubles. Sometimes it's hard to walk in a single woman's shoes. That's why we need really special ones now and then to make the walk a little more fun. The style wasn't supposed to be cinema verite. If you want to do a documentary, do not call me. I do entertainment. I don't want to send it into the outer atmosphere, but I do want to lift it a little bit off the ground so that it's entertainment. The keys to the Sex and the City franchise have changed hands throughout the years. Towards the end of the show's original run, creator and showrunner Darren Starr stepped away, leaving the reins in the hands of Michael Patrick King. It's interesting to note that the legendary Patricia Field, who designed the wardrobe for Sex and the City and its accompanying movies, Pat Fields is indispensable. We could not tell the story without her, period. Is in fact not finding the tutus and stilettos for our trio in and just like that. On that show, the 
wardrobe is designed by Molly Rogers and Danny Santiago, two of Field's assistants from Sex and the City. Patricia Field is instead designing the wardrobe on Emily in Paris, a show created by Darren Starr that may soon feature Kim Cattrall, who Patricia will be dressing for her very brief appearance on In Just Like That later this season. Many reviewers and fans were generally unhappy with the looks on season one of In Just Like That, claiming that the reboot's fashion just didn't hit the way the original series looks did. Not too much soaps. Critic Shannon Aducci wrote this scathing remark about a hat Carrie wore in the sixth episode. The lowest was undoubtedly a flopper from episode six, a glaring contrast to Carrie's shiny new apartment equal parts Blossom, 1980s gun sacks ads, and Anne of Green Gables. But as the season progressed, it left some of its maudlin tendencies behind, and in the second season, looks to be balancing its emotions with some high fashion and some fan service throwback. Season two of And Just Like That is already giving us memorable fashion moments, and seems to be returning to the show's fashion-forward roots. The clothes the characters choose to don or reject say a lot about their identity. But will we find any more fun Easter eggs and throwbacks from Carrie's vast closet? We're praying to Dior, Chanel, and of course, Manolo Blahnik that we'll see more. That's the take. Click here to watch the video we think you'll love, or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.